You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. And I have to say that this emphasis that we're talking about in the show today, and particularly starting with the monologue all the way through the show about food first, is fast becoming a value for me. That I think that the value the value brings is is so radically important to people's success and effectiveness in their programming. And again, they're doing some great programming, but if they don't have food security on their radar first, not second, and God forbid not third, they're not nearly going to be as effective as they and I and I think well, that's my thoughts for now. Yeah, and uh, fortunately, we have people that understand that well and who are walking with us in many different positions and in many different professions. Uh, and how important is it that we have allies in the education system who are working with us? So the Michigan Department of Education uh, is a conduit for food into um Michigan. Now, some people are always asking, well, how, why is emergency food and, and summer feeding programs and all this food flowing through the Department of Education? Well, one of the reasons is because of their leader. The nutrition director for the Michigan Department of Education is Dr. Diane Galinsky, who's been on the show just recently and, and now is, uh, I just spoke for, with her at a conference for the nutritional, um, uh, people that serve in all of the school district and she will tell you the reason all of the food flows through the, the MDE is because they want to feed the whole person for the whole year. You know, we have a vision in our department under Superintendent Whiston to be a top 10 education state in 10 years. And a part of that is addressing food security and making sure that these kids, the last thing on earth they should ever have to worry about is if they're going to eat And so if we can let them then focus on being a kid and learning and taking care of the food behind the scenes and making sure it's there when they need it, then the kids can truly do their job, which is to be a learner and be a good student. So I want to take just a little risk. Are you you ready for it? Absolutely. (laughs) So, you know, one of the things, and and I have four kids, and two are are in college now, and two are still in in grade school. And um, and I see the the kids in their classrooms regularly. You know, I volunteer, Mm -hmm. my wife volunteers. And I'm I'm fairly convinced in my own personal experience, admitting this is somewhat anecdotal, that some of the kids that come to school and are distracted and end up on the track of, mm-hmm. you know, they've got attention deficit disorder, I'm fairly convinced that at least some of that problem really is food insecurity. Absolutely. Or not access to food that's healthy that feeds their brain. Right. Exactly right. right. And so, you know, when you look at the cost of administering a program where you're identifying kids with a, a condition that's, that's then treated with medication compared yeah. to the cost of just providing enough food, it is ridiculously simple to get to. Let's just provide the food. And what I would like to do is take at least the programs that I have responsibility for, turn that on its head and let's be the programs that are proactive and we're out there and we're ahead of that curve so that that's not something that others need to worry about. 
And how much less chaotic is that for the families themselves? And so it's, you know, we love working with you. We, we always have, and we appreciate what you're doing to, to drive better solutions for food insecurity and education, all the things you're doing. It's incredible work. Thank you. It's all for the kids. Great thoughts from Diane Galinsky there, Jerry. Um, again, the uh, Director for Nutritional Services. I think she shares our value of food first. Well, there's no doubt about it. And the, the, the number of people that have to be involved in this may seem pretty large, but the good news is there's an awful large number of people that want to be involved in this and that are working every day they go to work to imagine how we can make this problem better. So we're going to try to pull these people together as we work on this problem so that A, people know they're not alone. B, We're going to get the best ideas from the smartest people working directly to solve this problem and start to solve it one piece at a time. The education system touches so many kids in need, and those kids really are in every school district. It's not just certain ones. Every school district has a certain number of kids whose families are struggling and are food insecure. When we solve this problem for the children just going to our schools, it will have a positive impact on every community in our state. So, you know, we talk about educational outcomes in this state a lot, and there's a lot of negativity around that conversation. I was just at a learning lab with uh, Michigan Department of Education, the team that Diane Galinsky has put together to address childhood hunger, and I had two thoughts from that. The first thought was, wow, we really need MDE to be our partner. It seems like we've been their partner because all this food flows through that administration out into the community, and we're one of the conduits that they partner with. Again, 50% of the emergency food goes through the food bank network. So I, I saw us as their partner. I really never saw them as ours. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And of course, one partner, it goes back and forth always, right? But what changes when you put it in that perspective is how are you each contributing to each other's mission? And when you put food first as a value and you know what food banks do in terms of the millions of pounds of food that we distribute through our systems and through our networks every year, and you begin to say, you know, as our network needs help and support and new ways to distribute new food like the frozen food that we're talking about, school systems can partner with us to get that healthy food where it needs to go in the most efficient ways using systems that they know best. Well, yesterday uh, at this, uh, recently I should say, (laughs) that at this conference that I was with them uh, programming that they're talking about to go to the next level of food security in a child's life, many of those programs, probably two-thirds of those programs, if not more, involved partnership with the food bank. And that's amazing. And uh, I think that's one of the things we really bring to the table to take hunger off the table. So the second thing I realized at this learning lab was this. If education is going to be held accountable for outcomes, okay, then I think they also have to be given the permission to address the environmental factors that affect those outcomes. And I think food is one of those primary environmental factors that 
indicate or, uh, or hinder the progress that we're demanding of our educational system. So if we're going to hold them accountable, we got to give them the permission to address those environmental factors as well. Right. And we have to know the answer to some pretty important questions. So if the school system says, well, we're providing breakfast and lunch already, and some of these families are already getting supplemental nutrition assistance through the SNAP program, which in Michigan is the EBT card, used to be called food stamps. If they're already getting that, well, how much more do we need to do in order for these kids to have enough food and and for these households to really be food secure? And I think what we can do is help everybody understand the answer answer to that question. How much more do we need to do? That's based on data. Exactly right. Not on, not on based on my personal feelings or ideology or any other sort. It's based on the research that we're doing at the Food Bank Council on a statewide basis. And knowing what's affecting families right now. I mean, things aren't static. The economy's not static. The the changes to people's health care isn't static. Uh, it's Everyone is moving forward in a life that's changing around them. And so the answer has to change with the circumstances. So the way we map the data has to be sensitive to those changes so we can keep answering the question, who needs this, how much do they need, and for how long? Great. Great way to sum up this segment with Dr. Diane Golinski and, again, on the theme about Food First. He's Jerry Brisson. I'm Phil Knight. We're going to be right back with another segment of Food for Thought. Food for Thought.